Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we want to thank you all for tuning into our podcast, The Sports Plebes. I'm Nate Dar, joined as always by my co-host Joe Timler, the return of Spencer Dar, and the return of us. It's been two weeks. We have a Super Bowl recap. Uh, we'll talk about the NBA, a fantastic All-Star game. Uh, give some thoughts on NIL and the NCAA getting their legs cut out from under them again by a federal judge, which I find fascinating. Uh, Joe, Spencer, I heard you guys, well, I heard Spencer was sick. How have you guys been, though? Nate, I've been good. I think the older I get, the less I mourn the end of football season. I know that sounds bad, but I, I still love football, everything that's involved, but I am exhausted by the time February comes. I like to ease into basketball, college hoops, NBA. The weather gets a little bit nicer. I get into the kids' sports more. So, while it's not the best sports time of the year, it's it's better in some way. So I'm doing good. Spencer, are you are you alive still? I'm alive. I'm alive and well. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah, I was down and out for pretty much an entire week. So uh, glad you guys were able to um, do the one without me and then give me a little bit of leeway. And uh, I know since Joe's saying it's the downtime of the year, we had the week off of the pod. So um, good to be back. Glad to be healthy. I think probably Joe with the uh, downtime, the sports year, it's just uh, called having children. I mean, for me, I'm like itching for more sports as soon as football's over. But I also uh, am out here flying solo and can be sick for an entire week in bed and don't have to worry about kids jumping all over me. So that's probably the big that's difference. Fair. That doubleheader, the indoor soccer game to watch, like it, it picked up. There were more sports for me, uh, which is which is good <laughs> and bad, but. I haven't found a good way to gamble on those uh, youth sports yet, but I'm sure there's a big market for it. Just got to get connected to the right people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to get the get the live lines going on some of that stuff. Um, yeah, uh, same with us. You know, I didn't get it too bad, but uh, Aria went down pretty hard last week. Missed a couple days of school, which was tough because we just got back from Florida. We were down in Cape Coral for a week, which was really fun. Beautiful weather down there. Um, and so she had missed a full week of school and then promptly turned around Monday, Tuesday, half a day, Wednesday, missed Thursday, Friday too. So she did three makeup spelling tests today. Got <laughs> 20. Yeah. Yeah. Got 27 out of the 30 questions. Uh, perfect okay. or whatever spelled them. Right. So I, I'll take that. I was happy with it. She got perfect on two out of two. And there was one that was, there was some tougher tougher words for her and she you know she got seven out of ten but we'll take it i was i was cool with that um yeah other than that man you know i'm kind of the same as joe you know it's i know especially the girls they're just like thank god football's over you know and stuff and you know we aren't even i i sent you guys kind of stuff that we would go over with the pod and i was like you know we don't even need to this will be all i talk about iu because i don't need to talk about them they 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 are i'm done with them for the season (laughs) so it's not like i'm i'm even watching uh watching Indiana basketball um, right now, some video games and uh, trying to get back into the NBA and getting stoked for, uh, for March madness, for sure, man. That's always one of the, one of my favorite times of year. Um, but yeah, if you guys just want to get into it, man, um, Super Bowl recap, last time we talked, we uh, gave out some prop bets. I think we ended up uh, finishing up positive on that. Definitely the big ones being, we liked the chiefs. I think we both liked the under, um yeah which depending yeah. on when you got that the under hit by half a point i think it moved actually i think we were we were talking about it at under 47 and a half and i believe right before kickoff 
go figure, it moved down to 46 and a half, um, which the final score, 49ers 22, Chiefs 25, 47 points. Um, you know, I don't know how that works or who, who wins there. I'm sure Vegas wins all the time. Um, but, yeah, it's just ironic how that happened. Overtime game, um, just kind of, you know, like my quick thoughts on it, it was pretty boring up until the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. So, um, like I told you, I kind of had a – I have the the kind of whole – the drive-by-drive kind of written down here and everything. I mean, it just – it felt like the four – I was – I had money on the chiefs. I, I won more money on the chiefs. I was in a nice position where I love being, where I was going to hit win either way. Cause I had 49ers futures and I hedged on the chiefs at the last second and plus money and took the points and everything like that there. But man, it just felt like the 49ers. It's like, you can't give Mahomes that many chances. You know, it started with the opening drive felt like they were driving. They were at least going to get a field goal. They fumble right there. And it just carries on through the end of the game when, you know, I, <laughs> It hindsight's 2020, but Shanahan decides, you know, kind of overthinks it. It seems like with these new overtime rules and decides that, Hey, well, you know, in this crazy, if in, in a scenario where we both uh, match scores, I want the ball third. Well, what ended up happening is 49ers get a field goal. And as soon as that happened, I, I texted Peter. I was like, bro, I'm sorry, this is over. Like you gave Mahomes the ball back with four downs and a chance to win. And uh, yeah, he did it. Great drive by him. Um, I don't know where you guys want to go. There were so many big kind of turning points throughout the game, all these coin flip moments. And man, it just seemed like each time it came up chiefs and they really needed it to, because it was, you know, it seemed like it was the 49ers game for probably about three, three and a half quarters. Even I would argue. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was a spirited environment here. Uh, definitely a lot of chiefs fans around the area. Around the area they're feeling like it's kind of inevitable at this point, like Mahomes will win at all costs. But yeah, I think we were, we were probably a muffed punt from the chiefs, not winning this game. Right. I think that if you have to point to one play, the chiefs go, they think the Mahomes throws an interception, 49ers go three and out chiefs go three and out. They punt it back to him. Kind of a weird muffed punt where it goes off someone's ankle. Not exactly the returner's fault. He was just trying to dive on it. And the Chiefs go 16 yards in one play, and that really turns it around. They go up 13-10 at that point. But, yeah, there was so many punts, so many turnovers in the first three quarters of the game um, that it really felt like that fourth quarter and overtime were just – people are going to remember this is a great Super Bowl. But to your point, Nate, I mean, it was a sloppy Super Bowl with a great ending. It was super sloppy for sure. I mean, I, I think uh, – just overall, it kind of reminded me of kind of the Chiefs' whole season, um, just kind of that defensive battle throughout, and Mahomes just having control of it the whole time, even though it doesn't really seem like he is. The one pick was bad, but at that moment, he was just trying to – I don't know. It's, it's only bad because you never see him make a throw like that, um, but really it didn't hurt him too much in the long run. Uh, Nate, real quick, back to what you were saying about the overall thing right before the the game started uh, in Vegas, probably making out well with that. Um, I do know that they did get absolutely mushed by everyone taking the Chiefs. Um, I read a couple articles about, you know, the Sharks were all uh, circling on that one. So that's nice, at least to see the the poor man get a nice win on that one. I think all three of us were on the Chiefs, so that's good. And then, uh, I mean, the only other really big picture thing I had was – 
you know, Shanahan getting killed on that decision at the end there. And um, I read a decent amount of stuff on that. And basically what it came down to was like, you know, he's he was getting killed kind of for what he, why he the way he presented it on why they did what they did. Um, but like Sam Schwartzstein, who does a bunch of analytics, and I think he does like Amazon's, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like one of those, uh, they'll like show you what the play is going to be before the play even happens. Super, super nerd. Uh, he said basically it's just 50 50, um, that decision. There's not enough data to like back it up. And even on all the, um, the programs they ran and the simulations they ran on it, it was like 51 49, whatever way you pick. So, I think the way he presented it in the media, like, was the reason he was getting killed for it after. But as far as, like, actual outcome and whatnot, everybody who knew what they were talking about as far as analytics are concerned was just like, yeah, you can't, uh, you can't have any decision on the coin flip part. But obviously, the big mistake was the, the kick in the field goal. I mean, you just can't. You can't give that to Mahomes, but um, yeah, I mean, I liked it. I had fun. I thought the uh, the halftime show was kind of like the Super Bowl, where it was slow at first, and then all of a sudden, Ludacris was in your face, just like the overtime. Good time. <laughs> no, that's a uh, yeah, that's great. It's great. I agree, Spencer, wholeheartedly with the uh, with the nerds, the nerd analysis there. Here, here's where I would push back on it, and this is what a lot of the football players would say who are not nerds. Um, you can't if you and, and you you hit on it right there. If you're going to take the ball first, you have to play it almost like you have four downs to score a touchdown. Yep. You are playing yep. against Patrick Mahomes. You're playing against Tom Brady. You know, like you, you if you're playing against these guys, Joe Montana, whoever you want to throw in that list of these elite Super Bowl winning like alpha dog quarterbacks on the Pantheon, you can't kick a field goal in that situation. So yeah, hindsight is 2020, but you know, if you're going to take the ball in that situation, I just don't, you know, I'm almost, I I would have been okay with them, I guess, you know, and again, this is hindsight. So it's easier to say this now, but if they would have gone for it on what fourth and probably five or so, my memory, my memory. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it. It was fourth and four at the KC nine. It was totally, they should have gone for that. They should have gone for it, right? Because even if you don't get it, it's like, all right, cool. Now you have to still drive 50 yards and get a get a field goal to win. You know, would you have Butker? I get it. But at that point, you're assuming that you might convert there. So I think, you know, yeah, he's getting killed because of the way he presented it. It's also such a bad look when the Chiefs defensive players are like, oh, man, we were going over this in training camp. Like, we knew what the plan was. We were going to go for two points, which, yeah, of course, they can say that who actually knows in the moment what Andy Reid does. Whereas, you know, you have Kyle Juszczyk, who I, I think he went to Harvard. Like, that guy's smart. He's, I know he's a fullback, but that's a smart football player. And he was like, <laughs> I didn't really know what the rules were, you know, which, you know, and you could say, oh, well, the coaches are the only one that matters. They're moving the chest. No, man, don't give me that. The football players need to know what's going on on the field. So, you know, I – and I look, I, I still think that there's probably 90% of the league would kill to have Shanahan as the head coach. And I've never thought it was fair that he gets blamed for this Falcons Super Bowl loss because nobody even remembers that Dan Quinn was the head coach. You know, like you can blame him as the offensive coordinator somewhat, but I've never seen an offensive coordinator take that kind of blame for a for a Super Bowl uh, uh, falling apart in a Super Bowl or any big game like that, you know we don't blame Ben Johnson or, or um, 
you know, the defensive coordinator for the Lions were all on Dan Campbell for going for it on for for gambling, gambling Dan Campbell for going for it in the NFC championship game. So um, I like I, I do agree with you, though, everything that you broke it down, it, it was like a literally a coin flip. It was like 50.3 versus 49.7 percent sort of goofy nerd stuff, like you said, just from a football standpoint, I, I don't see how you can say, oh, well, we're going to put ourselves in a scenario where Mahomes can score a touchdown and the game's over. You know, it's, right, it's, right. it's a tough, it's, it's a tough look. Um, the, the, the Kansas, you, you hit on this too, Spencer. And I think Joe, you might've touched on it, that Mahomes threw that interception that was right out of the half. They kicked a field goal to cut it to 10, three. And you thought that they could go, do, they could do it. They could get, they could get two, two for one. Basically he throws the pick. The 49ers go three and out, including a false start in that next drive. And they don't get any, they don't get any points. That felt like that was a big moment. And, um, and obviously man, like that mixed missed extra point. It's like all these little moments between the muff punt, the mixed extra point. Mahomes gives you one. He give, he gave it to you. He never does that. And you can't, you can't even get a field goal out of it when they had the ball, I think on the KC 45 yard line, when they threw that pick and they didn't get any points out of that drive. It was brutal, man. It was tough with that muff punt. I would say this. If you look at the replay, the 49ers punt returner did not, he, he committed three mortal sins. He did not call Peter, which is, which is or poison. <laughs> which is the ball is up in the air. It's going to hit you, dude. That's what you do. You start freaking out and screaming at your guys. He did not run up to field the punt either, which is like the first thing you should do. You shouldn't just let the ball bounce there. And, and this is, this is from special teams guys. Uh, and, and you know, that, that are like, that were losing their minds apparently during the play. They're like, he, and then if you, I, I think if you look at it, he still tried to field the punt initially right, as right. it was a fumble. And then he, he tried to dive. It, right. Right. It's yeah. like, just, just fall on that ball, man. They teach you that in grade school, you know? But like I said, it was just all these moments. I felt so bad for Peter and for Luke, the Stoffelbach family, our close friends. They're diehard 49ers fans. You know, it just, it just felt like this was a game where, you know, this was not the best Chiefs team. If you were going to get the Chiefs, it feels like they can reload, they can reset this defense, and God forbid they get one of these stud receivers ends up falling to them in the draft or they trade up, like or sign Mike Evans in free agency. Like, my God, if they win a Super Bowl this year and they come out of the AFC, and I know Burrow wasn't there and he's kind of a Mahomes slayer, but man, this is this is don't I, I don't even want to argue this is a dynasty right now, and and it is Mahomes League, and and that's that's it, I guess. It's it's whether or not he can catch Brady, which seems sacrilegious to say even. Oh, that was good, Nate. That was good. I feel like that that covered so much. I don't even know where to start from there. But, yeah, it it was just – I don't know. Yeah, Mahomes feels like he's playing at such a high level right now. Consistently, he's, he's like Brady in the sense that he manages the game, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he's like – you know, like Manning or Montana, where he's making these high level plays too. He's doing so much. His receivers are so bad, so inconsistent. Um, you know, they have so many moments during the regular season where you would doubt them, where they're just a game or two over 500. They're losing to bad teams. They're losing to the Broncos and the Raiders, but they come through. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's fun. I, I, I'm becoming more of a Chiefs fan. I, I still put the, the Bears and Texans ahead of them, but the gap is closing in my fandom because of, Mr. Mahomes. 
Yeah, the one thing I would say, uh, just touching on the Niners, um, they've just been so close, man. And uh, a decent amount. Um, the comparisons when you're a Colts fan and you're, uh, somebody runs away of, of Tom Brady slash Patrick Mahomes problem and just, you know, feeling for him. Obviously, the Colts didn't uh, realize the same kind of best, if you want to call it that, as the, the Niners have, um, you know, in the last – four or five seasons, but um, just brutal last four or five years. 19, they lost in the Super Bowl. Uh, and then one twenty two lost in conference chips. And then this year, losing the Super Bowl again. So, I mean, that's five, you know, over the last five years, a lot of uh, right there heartbreak. So, not uh, not great to be – I mean, it's great to be a 49 fan uh, as far as – Success comparative to you know some of the lowlier teams like uh, Dan Quinn, uh, his now team, the Commanders, teams like that. Um, I, think- I thought you were going to say Cowboys because the Cowboys have been like getting knocked up by the 49ers and then get knocked out by the Chiefs or somebody else. Like, yeah, there's just different levels of misery, and the 49ers are just like just short of the top right now, yeah. which may be the worst level. I don't know. I know that's so that's kind of what I was going to segue into a little bit. I mean, I don't even know if we could do, but uh just talking about those levels of misery where it's like um, you talk about Dan Quinn not getting the same kind of blame as Shanahan does, Nate. I think it's just because of that, uh, the next step and where he was at coaching. Quinn got fired maybe a year, two years after next year. I don't remember. But, um, and then Shanahan obviously went on to have a lot more success, but where um, I I think the two, the two spots you want to be, and it's the hilariousness of it is literally like, the just the first place in the draft and just the Super Bowl winner. Those are the two only happy teams at the end of the year. Yeah, no, you can. I it's it's kind of crazy how that 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 is true, Spencer. Especially in a draft like this where you got a franchise, a couple franchise changers, you would you would potentially think coming out. Um, I and of all the 49ers losses, though, man, I do think you know, and I I know I'm going to harp on it again, but I think this one stings the most. You know, if you tell the 49ers, hey, look. Here, here's Purdy's stats. He's he's 23 for 38 with 255 yards, and, and he has no interceptions. You know, he only has one passing touchdown, but no interceptions. He got sacked one time in that game, you know? Yep. And then I'm like, hey, hey, on the other hand, Mahomes going into the fourth quarter, I don't even know if he quite – I think it was around 150 yards passing with an interception, you know? And then he ends up with, you know, uh, what, 255 yards or something like that, close to 300 yards, I think. Uh, passing, I think he hit all his overs. He ended up with a with three thirty three eight three three three. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought it was three. It was three hundred with the overtime. I was thinking. I was thinking going into the overtime. I think he had like fifty. Tacked on another fifty yards in uh in overtime or whatever. But the key with Mahomes to me too in that game and why he won the MVP sixty six yards rushing sixty six huge yards on the ground. He was the leading rusher for the Chiefs. Pacheco was bottled up all game. And you're, you know, you're the 49ers. You're like that the Chiefs are going to score one touchdown. They're going to score three points at the half. Like you're like McCaffrey is going to have 160 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Like you're like, we are winning this game. We are taking the Lombardi back to San Francisco. Like I just, man, I, I, you know, you talk about the Colts and everything like that. At least we only got our hearts broken in the Super Bowl one time. This is twice now for the 49ers. And it felt like this was, their best chance. The one thing for them that's good that just recently happened was the cap went up by, I think almost like an unprecedented 15% or something like that. 
they were projected to be over and they already have tough decisions with, I think Fred Warner's uh, they were talking about reworking his contract. Obviously everybody knows about Brandon Ayuk, but now they're going to be slightly under the cap and they might be able to kind of keep the core of this team together, especially with uh, Brock Purdy um, not getting paid, you know, getting paid peanuts for the next two years. It seems like, <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I just, I don't know too many opportunities for Mahomes and man, it's just, it's got a stain for a 49ers fan. I think on the pantheon of it, I think I'd still have the Lions above them. I think I think I'd still have oh, the yeah. Bills above them. I think the I think the, the Vikings, Vikings, the Vikings, the Browns. Yeah, quietly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I just you know there are other there are because but man, it's it's tough to get back to that mountaintop. You know, I remember when the Colts lost to the Saints in the Super Bowl, and I was like, man, we're gonna be right back next year, baby, and it's just. You know, that was 2009, 15 years ago. Guess what? We hadn't been back since. I, I said the same thing when Rex Grossman was leading the Bears to the Super Bowl in 05. Like, this is going to be the sexy Rexy dynasty, but we haven't <laughs> been back either. I don't know. Um, I'll, I, so I, I don't want to be overcritical of Purdy. Purdy was good. Purdy was uh, – he was not average. He was above average in this game. He was not great, but he didn't run the ball. He had three carries for 12 yards, whereas you said Mahomes had 66 yards on the ground. Like, and I know the Chiefs made a point of it, but I think there were times where Purdy could have broken the pocket. He he didn't take a lot of sacks, but he definitely threw the ball away a lot. He was trying to avoid mistakes at times instead of making plays. And I think Purdy really could have hurt him more with his legs, and he just didn't try. So that would be my biggest critique of Purdy in this game because I had to make one. Yeah. yeah. I think he was – I mean, there was a lot of plays he was back there scrambling around, keeping him alive in that game. Um, like you said, Joe, I mean, they didn't lose because of him. But, um, you know, if you were going to say those stats pretty had and, you know, say that you're you're going into overtime to a Niners fan, uh, you're you're super happy with their his report, performance and everything going into the game. Um, yeah, I just uh, – I don't know. I, I It's definitely not like the – the horizon is bright, you know, for the Niners still. It's not like you're you're looking at something that's that's daunting doing it again, um, you know, on paper at least. But man, just uh trying to strap it back up again and go again next year just must be uh brutal for those players. So And to me, you know, with the with the Shanahan criticism, I, I think I you know, I'm more critical of him because I think the I don't have the stat in front of me, but I think it was dang near the end of the third quarter before they rushed McCaffrey, you know, and that first half he, they were pounding him and it seemed like they, you know, the, the chiefs had no answer. They were chiefs are vulnerable up the middle uh, defensively. Frankly, that was the one weakness on a rock, maybe the best defense in football. You could run the ball up the middle on them uh, somewhat. And man, I just, I didn't understand it. I think it was, seven or eight, maybe even more than that straight passes out of the half um, for, for Purdy. And, you know, like, I like the guy, I think he is going to be there. You know, I don't know, you know, you throw around the term franchise quarterback. I really think there's only probably five or six guys that are really worthy of being, you know, that term, you know, you could count them on two hands and I don't know if he's quite that, but it's like, I've, I, I said to Peter, or I think I said on the thread, you know, if, if Brock Purdy can elevate himself and play at a level of where Kirk Cousins was playing this year when he got hurt, like I think you can win a Super Bowl with that that level of play, the quarterback position, you know. And I think that's a fairer comp than people that were insane and were comparing him to Joe Montana or Tom Brady for God's sake, you know. 
he's neither of those guys. You know, he doesn't have the physical tools that either of them ended up developing, especially Brady at six, five with, you know, he ended up having one of the prettiest deep balls I've ever seen. Um, where, uh, where do you guys just, where do you have, you know, obviously you have Brady. I think like you still have to have Brady above Mahomes. you know, I think it's fair to say like, as a like, talent and everything like that oh Mahomes is better than Brady yeah like I think Rodgers is probably better than Brady you know I think there's an argument that you can make be made talent wise maybe Manning was even better than Brady I don't think that's it but when you're ranking the quarterbacks do you put Mahomes above Montana now because Montana's still got four right he's four for four and Mahomes had three like I to me I still think I, I Mahomes has to get one more I still have I still have Joe Montana above him Simply for this reason, we have the benefit of YouTube today. You can watch these football games. It was a blood sport back then. Joe Montana was getting murdered two seconds after he threw the football. And to say that, like, oh, if you put Mahomes back then, like, I don't know. I don't know what type of mentality these psychopaths had that played quarterback back then, but they were they were getting shit kicked out of them for, for four quarters, and they didn't stand up and point at the refs ever because they would have been called a lot of inappropriate words by the defense and they probably would have just roughed them up more if they tried to do that so what, yeah. what, what do you guys yeah. think i think if we're just talking about careers here i think yeah obviously career wise like he has not had the career brady has he has not had the career that montana has probably not even the career elway has he has more one more super bowl than elway but elway's longevity i mean what he was playing for almost 15 to 20 years whereas mahomes has been in the league playing what this was his seventh year of significant starting time so not career, but like, yeah, best quarterback ever, most talented quarterback ever to play at the highest level. He's, it would be hard to argue against him at this point. Like, he is on pace with where Brady is at, but he's doing so much more than Brady. You know, except for this year, he's had worse defenses, worse special teams. Like, Brady had great coaching, great support. Mahomes has has some of that, and it's it's gotten better, I think, especially on the defensive end. But what he's asked to do to this point in his career, he's what 27, 28 years old. Um, he is he is playing quarterback in this last five years. The, it, this is the greatest stretch of quarterback play you could ever see. You've ever seen, I think. I think that's fair to say. But it's just five years. That does not make a career, but he definitely is on pace to surpass Brady at this point, even if he doesn't get to that magic number of seven Super Bowls because a lot, a lot of things broke right for Brady to get to seven. Um, but yeah, career versus greatest of all time, I think those are two different arguments. Yeah, I mean, I would completely agree on that. Uh, I would say that I personally have number two already just because um, I am a, a prisoner of the moment and I you know that everything is uh, better now. So just the talent alone. I mean, I know Montana is unreal, but um, just the talent alone that he has puts him right up there too. And one big thing in the Brady argument is Brady beat him. That's he'll always have it over. So... Uh, you know, whenever the day comes, if the day comes when it's down to like close to their number of Super Bowls held up together, obviously you always be able to make the the talent argument for Holmes. But at the end of the day, Brady defender, like, hey man, he they played head to head and Brady won, so like he's still the goat. <laughs> right, and even yeah. those are decided at the margins too, right? Because they won because there was a Chiefs player offsides on a fourth down. Like they're just. It was the slimmest of margins, and Mahomes was just entering his prime. Um, so yeah, it's they're both great, but I would love to to see Mahomes take it. But yeah, you have to give Brady the nod right now. You have to. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's insane to to even, you know, Brady's just head and shoulders above everybody else, especially after the Tampa Bay Super Bowl. That was just absurd to go to a different team after basically 20 years and you just rattle off one in your first year at 4,000 yards. I think he, you know, I mean, even his last season, I think he threw for 5,000 yards. Mahomes' stats in the playoffs, though, I think he's going to break some of Brady's playoff records. Like, if you look at just the pace he's on, even not supposing he gets to the Super Bowls and stuff like that, um, it, it it is uh, – I was I was staring at them, and it was like looking it, – it, it, I kept, like, checking it to make sure this like, it was correct. I think his, his, his touchdown-to-interception ratio in the regular season is, like, around three, three and a half to one, which is, like, pretty absurd, you know? Like, that's really – you know, that's Hall of Fame level it jumps up to like close to five to one in the playoffs. And it's, you know, is everything across the board. He somehow elevates his game when it matters most in the playoffs, you know? And I mean, it, it's sad because we're not even bringing up my boy Manning here in this, in this Pantheon discussion. And, you know, I think, you know, I thought when, uh, I thought when he retired that he was, you know, he had stamped his place on that Mount Rushmore for sure. And here we are, what, 10, 15 short years later. And it's like, he's kind of an afterthought, <laughs> you know, he'll be, I think of, 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 you know, these, these quarterbacks, he'll be almost the forgotten one, you know, with the, with the one legitimate Super Bowl, And then he tagged one on the end when it was really the Broncos defense. Right. Which is totally unfair. Right. Because like during that stretch from what do you say, like 2000 to 2012, 13, like probably 10 of those years, you would have, you would have said Brady had a worse, at least regular season than Manning. Like Manning was putting up more stats, winning more MVPs, looking like overall better and people just forget that because he just won two Super Bowls and the Broncos one was kind of like yeah he was well past his prime so it was really one Super Bowl at his peak powers against Rex Grossman I think he gets dinged with that but I think too much weight is put on the postseason that's that's my point here like Brady has seven Super Bowls but that doesn't mean he's twice as good as all the other quarterbacks it's it's just I, I just think there's too much weight on that. The same reason I don't think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer, but he's going to get in mm-hmm. two Super Bowls. Philip mm-hmm. Rivers, better quarterback than Eli Manning. The Super Bowl rings say otherwise. I think I think they'll both get in. I think Phil. I think Philly <laughs> Phil will get in. I think that last year for Rivers with the Colts really helped him because it made everybody kind of realize, like, man, the Chargers are just a dumpster fire. <laughs> you know, like he went he went to this like average Colts team and. And, and noodle armed his way to what 10 11 wins that year you know and I think they yeah. lost Josh Allen in the playoffs yeah I like I like Phil you know good Catholic man too um yeah that's um I don't know if you I'm trying to think if I have any anything else to go on the Super Bowl legacy stuff not really I think oh um I think Andy Reid's gonna catch Bill Belichick for all-time wins if you look at it and you unless he retire like I think if he I think if he coaches another five or six years, and you assume that the Chiefs get to 10 wins each of those years, just 10. Like, they, you give them another 50, 50 wins over the next five seasons, I think he's right there, like right at Belichick's skills. Like, he'll need one more season to eclipse him. And and frankly, I, I don't think this seems absurd to say, but it's not even a hot take anymore. Belichick might have coached his last game in the NFL. So, like, if, if that's where it stands and that's where he dropped the baton, I think there's a real chance that Andy Reid passes him. Now, I'm not saying that Andy Reid is like a better coach than Bill Belichick, but I don't know. It just depends. You know, we we weigh the Super Bowl so heavy there, and I mean to think that Andy couldn't get to 
you know, four, five, six now. I mean, that's naive at this point with Mahomes, you know, just coming into his prime right now. How old is Patrick Mahomes? Is he 28 years old? I think he's 28. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. Read my get there if his own players don't take him out before. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. a bad look. Bad look for my guy, Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else to say on that. I, d- I appreciated his brother calling him out on their podcast or whatever. He was like, bro, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, and I feel like Travis never really had like a full fledged apology for it either. It was kind of like, you know, we're, we're boys here in the moment. It's like, yeah, I don't, he'd, he'd actually just like straight up like, apologize for that, man. Like, that was pretty, you don't just push a 65 year old man like that. There was a clip that came out from earlier in the season where Reed was yelling at him a sideline and kind of gave him a shoulder check, which was hilarious back. Like, so. I mean, they do have that little bit of back and forth, but yeah, I mean, that was that was bad luck. <laughs> Andy Reid's such a such a G though for just shaking that off. So many coaches would get in their head about it, or you know, actually, you know, tried to made it a big thing. And Reid just knew he's like, in this moment, none of this matters right now. I need to focus on the play sheet, you know, and I'm just I'm going to deflect it afterwards, and I'm just going to put out the fire, and they're going to go into next season as one of the Super Bowl favorites, and they should be, you know. So I just I have so much respect for Andy Reid, especially now because, you know, like I know he didn't get over the hump with the Eagles, but he this is the this is the second franchise that he's just taken to to a, to a Super Bowl, you know, and now multiple times, obviously, winner with the Chiefs. So I don't know. I don't know where his career ends. I don't know when he decides to hang it up. I hope his health, you know, he's a big boy. I hope his health doesn't fail or anything like that. But uh, yeah, it's just insane to think that there is a definitely a world, a possibility where, you know, like these numbers that we thought were unassailable six Super Bowls with the Patriots, Bill Belichick was going to go down as the all-time wins leader. Now he might not even catch Shula. And man, like I'm telling you, if, if you guys pull it up and you just look at it and you do the math and that's only assuming 10, 11 wins a year, like he's going to be right there. in I think five seasons and that's not too much to ask, you know, I mean, like, I don't think, but depends on how long he wants to coach, I guess. Yeah, and also, um, I mean, also part of his greatness is too is his likability. I think he he gets mm-hmm. along great with ownership. He's he's not the cunning strategic presence that that Belichick is, but at the end of the day, it's not like Robert Kraft hates Belichick. He's not the ownership's not going to hate Andy Reid. He's going to be able to stay on longer, probably go out on his own terms more so. And yeah, that'll only help to get him probably you know, at least five more years. Reed, Reed lost Bienemy this year, you know, and, and Bienemy yeah. was a great offensive coordinator from him. And he was like, Hey man, I'm going to take the play sheet back. And there was even people that were like, Oh man, you know, like, are you sure, man, like the, you, that, you know, he's, he's still got it, you know, like as far as an offensive mind and everything like that. And part of his likability, you know, it, it, I, you can't tell me it doesn't factor into the fact that they have Steve Spagnolo who might make the hall of fame strictly as a defensive coordinator and has no interest. It seems like to, go beyond that and he's like yeah let me just hang out with reed they seem like they're boys and we're just going to try to win another three or four super bowls here to cap off you know our hall of fame resumes so yeah his likability it's a great point joe that's that's a big part of it whereas you know belichick was the evil emperor you know that's part of why this you know and part of it's the middle america thing mahomes isn't as handsome as tom brady was at the peak of his powers too i would argue he talks like kermit the frog too and everything like that it's just a more likable team. They're not doing they're not doing crap like in the what was it the 04 uh, AFC Championship game where they were just roughing up the Colts receivers and they changed the rules the next year and stuff and Belichick's just just smirking on the sidelines because he's basically like oh we'll just we're gonna pass interfere every single play and they won't call it 
I, they, for whatever reason, the refs are too scared to call it against me. Still never understand that. I could go on a whole rant or podcast about that. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, unless you guys have anything else on it, Spencer, we could let you take the lead and we'll, we could pivot to the NBA. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'll just kind of rattle off some stuff. You guys can just interject if you want to. Um, so yeah, Joe mentioned uh, a little bit before the pod about the all-star game and how often it was, uh, not the all-star game is dead. Slam contest is contest is dead. And, uh, I couldn't care less. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a nice break for the players. Uh, it's pretty uh, ceremonial at this point. It was funny. Adam Silver, uh, giving out the trophy in a very, uh, condescending that something like, uh, well, the East uh, scored more points this year. Here's your trophy. Like, very, very annoyed with how the players are. But um, I don't think, uh, I don't know. The, the younger generation of players doesn't really seem like they care very much, and the older generations for sure doesn't. So that's not going to change anytime. Can we fix it by just, just have home court in the finals be determined by the All-Star game, like how MLB used to do it? Can we do that? Like, that, that'd be simple. It'd mean something. It'd resonate. I think it would mean something to like the guys that think they have a shot at it, but like I think those guys will still do those calculus in their head and be like, ah, like we're not going to make finals. Like it, it's fine. I don't need to try. So I don't know. I think it might do something like that. There's a I've heard a couple different things thrown around, but like honestly, I just like if the players don't care this much, I don't think there's like one major make um, that's just going to turn it around. So I don't know. I guess you just kind of make small tweaks and once this uh generation of players kind of this older generation of players the next five or six years kind of goes out try to usher in some new kind of thing but um yeah it just doesn't have the same uh peak and everything as when we were growing up but that's fine i mean it's an all-star game like i I, anybody that's getting upset about it that it's not like competitive enough where that's like a fan. I just, the silliness of that is beyond uh, comprehension to me. Like it's just supposed to be honestly like a weekend for like the kids to like younger people like that, but not a, not something that needs to be a too big of a topic. I I don't think at least Um, going on. to, I, I totally stealing this from Dan Patrick. She threw this out and this is the best idea I've heard for like a quick fix. that could actually, help it's not it's not gonna fix it like you said spencer there's no fixing this this is just the way people are you're a brand you're not an, you're not as much a competitor especially in a game that has no meaning you could tie something like that how about how about this since we're clearly just gonna score a crap load of points which i hit on the over i blind took the over in the game which was like 350 something i think close to 400 points got scored in it um now, you shouldn't just tell people that you bet on the All Star game. That's not that's not something you can admit publicly like that. <laughs> I, I landed. I the plane landed. I hadn't been able to place a bet. I've been in Florida the whole time. I was itching, man. <laughs> okay. um, I uh, what if? How about this? First to two hundred points. That's how you do it. It's it's sure, not a we don't keep score. It's just first to two hundred points. I don't I don't think that would help that much. I yeah. I just I think they play it the exact same way. And it, I mean, it was close at the end, maybe, but maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, the only moment that seems like sometimes they care about is when they're who's going for the MVP. But like you said, like I just don't, I, you know, if Giannis and Anthony Edwards and 
you know, if they don't care about it, then I'm like, well, then we're lost. You know, what are we, what are we even talking about? You know, those are two of the most psychotic competitors on yeah. a basketball, Devin Booker, you know, like if they don't care, then it's, it's kind of a meaningless conversation about how to get them to care again. Get, get, yeah. Know? Get Russell Westbrook out there. Get Pat Beverly out there. Get some, <laughs> find Della Vadova. Let's get some dogs out there. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the competitive side. Like, you, you just can't make people care. People cared about the uh, NCAA tournament because there was people there on the rosters of those teams that are making, you know, a million, $5 million a year maybe. And, uh, you know, with the purse, I think it was a million a guy or whatever. Like, I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, they were playing for the last of those last stuff, stuff. Which, is, which is cool and fun, and it was a good twist. They did sports, like, all differently this year. That's all fun. That all kind of, um, you know, worked in their favor in order to make it competitive. But there's just all those guys are 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 millionaires. You know, 150 times, two times over. Like they're just, it's just not the same for them. So uh, somebody that definitely does have um, all star games in their future, Victor Wembanyama. I mean, on the list, short list of players that you got to tune in nightly uh, in the NBA for. He's he's up there already, man. He's he's awesome. Um, Rudy Gobert's best depoy year. Uh, I think he won unanimous one year. Best depoy year. Uh, Nineteen. He had 190 blocks and 40 steals. Uh, Wemby has 171 blocks and 67 steals already. Years. Wow. Uh, the kid real. Uh, he's so competitive. He had the five by five night the other, which is you know, five stats, five different categories. Um, and they were talking about just being like, hey, this is a historic night. How's it feel? Blah, blah, blah. He's done it since uh, Jordan was the last person to do it. This was quiet for Like, I bet Jordan did it in wins, didn't And, like, that kind of just, like, it's so cool to see, man. Like, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's putting up great stats. But they stuck, and that's all he cares about. So he's got an awesome, awesome, bright future. Um, he's right to win rookie of the year so. That should be easy in the bag. Um, Joseph's Clippers are are still strong. They're number four West. Um, the uh, Thunder, though, you know, no matter what happens with the, the top three seed, uh, the in the West here, it's just going to be some version of the Thunder and the Timberwolves. They're one, two, three. Um, those teams have just been consistent all year. The only reason nobody's talking more about what Chet's doing defensively and to, uh, to affect the game for the Thunder is just because of when, where Wemby's at. Uh, and Shea's plus 220 for MVP. He's not going to win it, but definitely cool to cool to see some new blood in there for sure. But it's uh, definitely not going to happen because of my Denver Nuggets. They are starting to round into shape. They're seeming like since the All-Star break happened, they're there again. Um I, I don't see a, a world where they're not in the Western Conference Finals and Joker, Joker doesn't go, uh, you know, back-to-back. Back There's only three players who have ever done it. You guys know who those three players might be? Off the top of my head, I'm going to guess Bird, and I'm going to guess Jordan. Nope. I think Steve Nash did it. No, not three times in a row. Oh, three times. Oh, three yeah. Times. Yeah, Nate got one. It's Bird and then LeBron. It's... Nope, no. Nope. Bird, Wilt, and uh, and Russell. That's it. Oh, Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Huh? <laughs> yeah. The, the, I mean, so it hasn't been done since '86, and Joker's just like 
quietly sauntering into it. He's averaging 27, 17, and 15 since. Wait, but didn't didn't Embiid win it last year? Uh oh yeah, it's not back back back. Yeah. God, all my all my research is for not. Uh, That's all right. He'll he'll get it. He'll get he'll start the streak this year. That sucks. Though that that makes total sense though. I was like looking at all this stuff. I was like, how are more people not talking about this? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if Embiid should have won it last year. There was a lot of PR. There was a lot of weird first take segments on it. But uh, yeah. yeah, he's not going to win this year. Yeah, it hey, might definitely win it. So that's uh, that's embarrassing. But good trivia on the pod, I guess. Right. <laughs> Real quick, um, with some trivia. All right. The last. I'll give you the year. Even. Do you know the last player? to record a quadruple not a triple a quadruple double what year? 1988 the admiral yeah yeah oh, spencer wow. yeah 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 david robinson did it so that hasn't happened in going on well we're pushing towards 40 years now anybody care to take a guess on what the odds are on any nba player to score a quadruple double in season at the beginning of the year and throughout the year right now. I don't know what they are right now, but I know what they were like a couple weeks ago. The 200 to one? A little bit more than that. I think it was like 400 and close to 450 to one. Yeah. Yeah. So talk me out of like throwing a five spot on that every year and assuming that Wemby goes bananas one of these nights. All I need is 10 points, 10 rebounds. I he he could get he could get it in stocks honestly. He could only he could get like six assists, but he could end up with 10 blocks and 10 steals. I, I see it. You know, like I agree with you, everything you're saying, it's unreal. I don't know what, I don't know what his ceiling is if he stays healthy. You know, I, you know, we've never seen anything like it. They just, you know, like, you know, and obviously I listen to all these podcasts. This isn't a, a unique or an original thought by me, but it is really fun to just watch the highlights, watch the games, and watch professional athletes that are the, the, the biggest guys, the best guys from their hometown. And he's doing stuff on a court and they are turning around like, what was that? I have played basketball my whole life. I beat him off the dribble. Where did, how did he block my shot? Where did his arm come from? I don't understand. There's that uh, picture of, I think it's Nick Richards is trying to contest him on a shot. And it's like Nick Richards is like seven foot tall with a seven foot two wingspan and like blah, 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 blah. And it, it looks like I'm trying to block LeBron that's what it looks like, you know, in the, in the picture, because Wemby's arms and his shot are so much higher um, than, than a seven footer that's trying to contest on a, on a jumper. I, I don't know. I, you know, I, people talk, you know, they talked about all-star weekend, like who the face of the league would be like. And I'm like, well, I don't even know if, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, it's, it's going to be Wemby. It's just a matter of if he can stay healthy and what the timeline can be with the Spurs actually getting a real point guard to me. Um, Who's the face of the league right now? I feel like that's such a difficult question. It's got to be Joker. But people don't want to say it. People don't want to give it to Jokic, I don't think. Well, that's silly then. It's Joker. You know, I think people. The, I think a lot of people might still say Giannis. Well, that's LeBron. fair. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine with the Giannis argument. Like, you know, yeah. Giannis, has, Giannis has a title. Like, Giannis yeah. plays like a maniac. He brings it every night. Nobody would be shocked. I mean, I wouldn't be. Sh- it would be surprising to me based off the lack of defense and kind of how the Bucks are so up and down sometimes. And Doc Rivers, obviously, you know, recent playoff success history isn't isn't in their favor. But I don't think anybody would be like just stunned if the Bucks come out of the come out of the East or win a title because Giannis just goes nuclear in the playoffs, and I expect him to, frankly. 
And, you know, you talk about what would be a great matchup is, you know, him versus Joker. I, I agree with your Joker take, Spencer. I, I had a, uh, I took the, um, I took the shank of destiny, got that right. I knew Gronk would shank it. Um, and so that was a free $25 bet. And then I had a three legger that missed by, I didn't, Rasheed Rice didn't get me 50 yards receiving. It was so, I was so annoyed. He didn't do anything that game. I should have just bet Kelsey. Anyway, I had $50 in free bets. I put it all on the Nuggets to win the title at like 450 to one. And I'm glad I did it when I did it. Cause I think they're down to like 375, 380 right now um, because Joker and they're going on this tear. And um, I don't know if you caught any of that Warriors game the other night. I watched a, I watched a little bit of it and it was, you know, I, I was kind of almost falling asleep and I was like, man, the Warriors are kind of running away with this. And then all of a sudden Joker woke up and it was just, it was like, Oh my God, they don't have it. You know, I don't know what to do with him. He just trundles around the court like a big ogre. And it's gotta be so frustrating. <laughs> it's just like this, this seven foot bouncer is just kicking everybody's ass as doc Rivers says. Yeah. So. Grandma talked about it, uh, but he was just like, man, I just, I had absolutely nothing for him. Like nothing. I <laughs> Nothing I was doing was working. Finally, some honesty from Draymond. Yeah, and like just to hear that from him is like one rare, and then two, it's like, you know, say what you want about Draymond, he's like one of the generations, like uh, this generation's like smartest and most capable defenders by far. And just Joker was just like, yeah, I just aren't even here, basically. Um, you know, it, it was it's that game was off. Awesome. Um, he just that is start going off and it's getting that time of the year man kind of you know waddling through uh kind of walking with his kind of stride through the season so far i mean they've been you know anywhere from fifth to second in the the west throughout the year um not not really super consistent but always winning good games you know playing levels competition and then since the all-star break man they've just been starting to go on a tear so um definitely definitely starting to feel like they're found their stride i don't like that bet a lot 41 Nate um my Pacers are still sitting in the sixth seed um that would be Bucks they've had the Bucks number this year a decent amount of time but uh since the all-star break another guy that's been going up um so I don't uh definitely don't think that playing the Bucks would uh, be a lot of fun but as far as any of those top teams um you know we have beat them a decent amount of times this year, but uh, we're just calves. Spencer, can we get the calves lined up? I mean, that would be great. That'd be great. The calves have been playing way too well this year though. I um, I don't know. We definitely need the, the Sixers to fall apart. And then, yeah, maybe the, uh, I think the, well, with the play and what two plays we, I think we'd have to drop actually. Unless, uh, yeah, I guess best case scenario would be we stay at uh, sticks and then the Cavs drop in three, which would be great. But like the Cavs just don't, they just don't lose. They're so good somehow, and they were really injured for a while. Uh, a bunch of guys out, and they just held strong. Nothing, nothing changed. They just, uh, I've, I'll be honest with you, I've watched a lot of Cavs games here, and just every time I do watch or every time I check the the standings, they just have not wavered at all. So. They're a, a surprise team, I guess, if you want to say it. I mean, they were good last year, but I don't know. I still uh, – I'm not a big Cavs believer um, as far as playoff success, but we'll see. I would uh, – that'd be great to be able to play the Cavs for sure. Um, 
Well, it's it's tough. It's tough in the playoffs with the Cavs because if you think that you think that they're going to have you know their best players on the floor, that means that Allen and Mobley are out there, and uh, and you know that's that's two guys that can't shoot. And I just think in the playoffs, you know that's 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 where you get you get clogged up and it gets devastating offensively for them. I mean, you saw it. They were good last year, like you said too, and the Knicks just took them apart. And I mean, that's part of it too. I think for everybody is they have that bad taste in their mouth. Like, you know, I think I lost money on that series because I was like, oh, the Cavs are up and coming. They're fun. Mobley, Garland, like, let's go. And, man, they just got they just got worked by the by a, a lesser Knicks team. Um, I, I like the uh, I like the Knicks as kind of a sleeper in the East, not to like come out of the East. But I think that I think that would be crazy, you know, just with that crowd and everything like that. Like, I think that there's a scenario where, you know, Embiid stays hurt the Bucks fall apart sort of thing. And then all of a sudden we're looking up and it's a Celtics uh, Knicks, super obnoxious East coast bias, uh, Eastern conference finals. But and that's the first time we've even mentioned the Celtics, which is great. Like they're the number one team in the league right now, but no one believes in them. I think, right. Cause they're probably partly cause of Missoula because Tatum's never done it. Cause Brown can't seem to dribble in the playoffs. There's just such little belief in the Celtics, even though they're pretty pretty heavy favorites right now in terms of the betting odds to win the finals. So it's, it's just a fascinating team. It's, well, it's, it's the Porzingis bet. I mean, really, that's like, I just don't think that I, I'll believe it when I see it. It's kind of like the Clippers kind of thing, you know, happy, happy doing well. You know, I, I'm kind of, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think, I think I have a strong opinion about Porzingis. I think he can be kind of annoying at times and obviously I'm not a big guy. So, don't love that he's on them now, but I am happy that, you know, he's healthy this year. He's actually been healthy the past couple of years and doing well. Um, but I just, I don't know, at some point, it's just, uh, seems like they're managing pretty well right now, but if he goes down. That team's just completely different. Um, but the holiday, the holiday ad is awesome for them. I, I think I just looking at the standing right now. I know exactly what's going to happen. Um, I want he play the, um, pelicans the other night when they got in that scuffle i don't know if you guys saw that uh, yeah but as soon as that started you know the heat just woke up and everything hippie yapping and ended up just blowing out the pelicans near the end there the heat are just gonna zombie their way back into the conference finals i think that it'll probably be you know Cavs stay and whatnot and you got these knicks and uh, uh 76 teams like that will always kind of feast on each other uh, self-sabotage their way through and then all of a sudden the heat will just uh, come in with an upset in the early first round and all of a sudden you'll be looking at the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals they just cannot be uh, cannot be the, the, the East kind of runs through the heat the last like five years or so um, quietly um, as far as the lower seeded teams obviously they have East every year but uh, they've just been bouncing teams every year so um, I, I maybe the Pacers' future will be to lose to the Heat at some point. And if if the Heat are playing the Celtics, let's say in the Eastern Conference Finals, you can't tell me that the Celtics aren't just pissing down the side of their leg. That's the last mm-hmm. thing they want is some zombie Heat squad to come back. Butler just mfing everybody. It's the toughest guy on the court by far. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with the Celtics take, Spencer. It's all about Porzingis. If they don't have him, it's a completely different team. They're still great. You know, I think they could still go to the Eastern Conference Finals and stuff like that, but they can't win a title without Porzingis. And, yeah, I need to see it to believe it. Same with the Clippers, too. That's why I'm on the Nuggets. Um, You know, the Timberwolves are so young. 
the Thunder are so young. And with the Clippers, I'm like, they could win. They could, they could go, you know, they could win all these, you know, go 25 and one or whatever that streak they went on as much as they want until we get to the playoffs. And I don't see Harden shit the bed. I just don't believe it. You know, I don't believe it until I see it. So we'll see. We will see. But yeah. Um, anything was, else? I, no, that was pretty much all I had for NBA stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys want to start talking. Educate me a little bit on this CAA NIL stuff. I don't know a ton about it. I've read a couple articles, but uh, I uh, educate me. Well, this is this is all me. I'm just fascinated by this stuff. I just it's think it's hilarious. Sick, actually, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry. This is just me nerding out here about. I just think it's. I think the thirty for thirty is going to be fascinating when when it comes out about the downfall of the NCAA, and this is what we're watching in real time. So I'll just read the quote from 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 an article like uh, that. So a federal judge has issued an injunction that prevents the NCAA from enforcing regulations that prevent schools from making NIL payments when recruiting college athletes. So what that means is last year and for the past couple of years, NIL, what it technically meant and what the NCAA was cracking down on schools for was. NIL was meant as a incentive after you attended the university. Mm-hmm. You weren't supposed to offer money to a kid. That is pay for play. The NCAA has maintained that that is a no-no and that they are in charge and that you were not allowed to do that, even though we know that it's ridiculous and that it's going on right now. So there was a the Tennessee quarterback, it leaked that there was like an $8 million NIL deal and it got offered to him before he signed, you know, before he was, you know, signed before he signed his letter of intent, which is but it's, it's still not coming from the school name, right? It's like Boosters. Nashville Honda or something giving eight million, right? It's, it's not the school paying him eight, the eight million, well, right? Yeah, Indirect, indirectly, at least, yeah, at least. yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 boosters <laughs> that are associated with the school. If you have a, or or no, I'm sorry, it's boosters that are not directly associated with the school, I believe. That's where they think that they can get you in their crosshairs because they're like, look, this is just a bunch of sketch balls. They, some of them may, they might, they might, let's pretend that me and you become and become bajillionaires in in 40 years. And we're like, Hey, we want to, we want to give $10 million and we want to buy the best quarterback in, in high school right now. We didn't, we don't have any affiliation with the university. We're basically having our people reach out to his people and we're doing back channel deals and we're putting together some NIL collective. That's all bogus. So the NCAA has been trying to crack down on that. Well, the federal judge put an injunction on it. Now, this is huge. This is quietly huge. Why is it huge, you might ask me? Because as of today, this recruiting cycle, it's all on the table for the first time in four years. And it's been the Wild West. It's truly wide open. So if I have $10 million in my pocket and I want to go to the best quarterback in high school football, I can technically legally go and get him right now and I can get him to come to Notre Dame. So, and just even though I have no affiliation with the university, I have no NAL collective, it's just me paying a kid to come to Notre Dame basically. And there's nothing the NCAA can do about it because the federal judge put this injunction on as of today. So Mm -hmm. this recruiting cycle, like I said, there will be a 30 for 30 on it because if you thought it was sideways before, like the stories that are going to come out, the money that is flying quietly, flying around behind closed doors right now, because they know that any day now it could it could get lifted, you know, because the NCAA is obviously like they know what's going on. They know that right now today there are 17, 18, 16 year old athletes that are being recruited by just probably sketchy figures, you know, 
And while they would say like, oh, we have the best interest of the student athlete at heart, we know that that's not true at all. This right, is this right. is the end of the institution. The, the fact that the attorney generals of Tennessee and Virginia stood up and they were like, no more NCAA, no more of you meddling in our public schools, no more of you sticking your nose in, you're done. I think it's over. It's only a matter of time before the inevitable happens and college football, which already essentially like, you know, the people, a lot of people don't realize this, but the, 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 the committee is not associated with the NCAA. It's just 13 guys that have gotten together with conferences and they've decided that this is how we're going to do postseason play. You know, the NCAA still has a hand in the bowls and stuff like that, the regular bowls, but as far as the playoffs, they don't control that anymore. They don't have a hand in that most importantly to them. They don't have their little hand in the pot anymore. So they aren't making any, so they aren't going to be able to make any money off of this. And as soon as college football gets their shit together and the big 10 and the sec come, come together, which they're already, they're already starting to hold hands and talk about, Oh, we're going to, we're going to put out guidelines to help these kids and stuff like that. So it's all, it's all these back back channel, these backdoor deals are being done today. Right now it's happening when they break away from the NCAA. And I think we'll see it in the next five seasons, frankly, it'll probably be before that it's over for them because the only thing that makes money that generates money in, in, in the NCAA is college football. And we all know that. So if they don't have their hand in that pot, the institution is dead. I don't think it's a coincidence that this happened. And within 48 hours, they're talking about, Hey, maybe we should increase the NCAA tournament to like 90 teams. because (laughs) They still run the NCAA tournament. That's why it's called the NCAA tournament. So, that's why they want to do that. This is their last day. This is their Hail Mary. They're like, you know what? We know we're going to get forced out of college football right now. This injunction happened. And any, any, if they come at IU, if they come at the University of Illinois, anybody, any attorney general worth their salt is going to stand up for their university because you talk about like, you know, not, uh, you talk about looking good for your, for your base, for your voters and everything like that man, what better way to do it than to be like, I'm standing up for the 18-year-old minorities at this college, even if you don't actually give a crap about them. And you're winning. The, the, the law is on your side here because they've been running a monopoly on the sport for the past 100 years that should have been illegal, frankly. So I just think it's fascinating. And I they, they quietly, uh, I think 48 hours ago, started talking about we want to expand to 90 teams. And that is just because they know that they're dying and this is their last guess of like, well, more teams, <laughs> more money, bigger tournament. And this is the only way we're going to stay relevant for the next, you know, 20, 30, 40 years through college basketball, which is the little, you know, the ugly stepchild to college football. So that's my, that's my rant on it. That's all I had, I guess. <laughs> but that yeah, was I fun, just, professor. Yeah. I, yeah. I totally agree. I, I think in some ways though, like it's the wild, wild west right now, but I think the market will regulate itself, right? Like when they see like five years from now the NCA goes away, these guys are getting paid ten million dollars a year. Like if they can just leave and transfer to another school without any penalty, that's not gonna be ten million dollars. It's gonna be five million dollars, then two million dollars. Like it's just a self regulating market that people are still getting used to. And I'm sure if it becomes that true semi-pro league, there's going to be guidelines like, oh, if this guy gets paid $10 million to go to Tennessee, he has to stay there for two years or there's going to be a buyout. Like there's going to be more structure like professional contracts because right now is kind of the best of both worlds for some of these players, right? They can get the money and then they can just leave without any consequences. So it's crazy. Exactly, Joe. Exactly. And that's why I'm just fascinated by the whole thing because you do have players that are doing that. You have guys that come in as a five-star freshman quarterback they probably make five to $10 million. 
they don't start because they're 18 years old or they reclassified. So they're only 17 years old. And they're like, okay, well, I'm going to jump in the portal and I'm going to get another five or $10 million for the next school, you know? And uh, yeah, that's just the way it goes. You can't tell me Caleb Williams didn't make a crap load of money to transfer from Oklahoma to USC because that is naive to think that, you know, and I know his, his head coach went and everything like that, but that's, you know, that's only a small part of it. So, um, but yeah, I do agree. I think there will be more structure and everything like that. And I think it will be a good thing because you will have people who actually have the interest of the athlete, more of the interest of the athletes at heart because they want the best athletes on the floor, on the court, on the field, because that is the product that drives their revenue. So they don't care about, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to get in a room together and we're going to huddle up and we're going to come down and we're going to, we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to take away Notre Dame's undefeated season. We're not, you know, they aren't going to be worried about that crap. All they're going to be worried about is making sure that the best athletes are on the field. And frankly, they probably do. It, it will be a lot of that. They stay at the college where they're being paid to go to. So you don't have, you know, just the wild West, which is what it is right now, but just some of the rumors, some of the stuff you hear on some of these, you know, just rant like, and it's all rumors. It's all conjecture. We don't, I, you know, you'll be never be able to like prove any of it because it's, you know, you, you have, an agent contact an uncle. And then, you know, like, that's how like you do a back channel deal and stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, there's no paper trail. Even. It's not like there's even a cell phone call ever necessarily. So, but it, it's just fascinating to me, man. And I just, I can't wait for, um, like I said, the 30 for 30, the documentaries that are coming are going to come out when we do get more structure and stuff like that. And I don't think that will be until the NCAA is dead and gone because, for now, nobody wants to turn on each other because everybody's doing it, you know. <laughs> so nobody wants to turn nobody wants to turn anybody into the NCAA because they're going to get in trouble too. Their hand, their hands going to get caught in the cookie jar at the same time. So it's just fascinating to me. Interesting time. What do you guys think about ninety teams though? Because I do think we'll see it. I think, I think it's we'll ridiculous. Oh my god! It is. I, I just, uh, you could get in. Yeah. Dude, so it's one. It's one in every four teams gets in in college basketball. Basketball. Yeah, that's yeah. I hate that. Like, shouldn't we? Shouldn't the tournament like means? I I don't know. I had never like looked at the numbers before, so I guess it's not. As well, many. over half the teams get in the NBA, Spencer. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right, dude. You're right. Um, yeah. Well, no, but but there are there are like yeah, two hundred just garbage college basketball teams in the NCAA. So it's it's a little bit different. I I totally agree. It's gonna. I I don't think it'll stop there. Like if it's their only cash cow, it's what's if it's what's making the NCAA most of their money, they're gonna go to one twenty eight. Then I don't know whatever multiples of that makes sense. And yeah, it's just gonna be there are only three hundred and fifty eight teams. I just looked it up. Yeah. So at some point, yeah. we're gonna have a three hundred fifty eight yeah. team. Are we capped at two fifty six? Is that is that the <laughs> uh, Nate, uh, the other other thing I had was uh, uh, uh when you said uh, some agent contact an uncle to uh, get payments going. I I am an uncle. I'm a I'm a three time uncle. I I'm my my cell phone lines are open to all agents to want to hit me up. <laughs> yeah, Isaiah Jack might be uh might be a little far away from that, and Ari is I think too much of a princess. She's already talking about like my gymnastics coach was mean to me. I don't want to play anymore. I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. So maybe Mackenzie. She's kind of a little. She's she's a little spitfire. So she might she might be a little bit more of an athlete. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Joe, uh, maybe we could do it for uh, 
they could, you know, with the podcast and everything like that, they'll reach out for Patty. Pat's Pat's pretty good at soccer and everything, right? He's doing good at yeah. baseball. Too. Yeah, soccer, okay. baseball. And there's not a lot of money in that, but yeah, it's perfect for our podcast. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, man. That was gonna be, right, I, I don't have a lot to say on college basketball. That's probably the one thing we haven't touched on, but we can touch on that more in the future weeks. It's basically, you know, just Houston's world and we're all living in it. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, between Houston, UConn, Purdue, they they seem like the, the far and away favorites, but that's why we love March Madness. And I'm sure someone other than those three teams will win it. But I think uh, there will be much more to come on that. Yeah, certainly. More March Madness pods. I'm ramping up, getting back into basketball and everything like that. Man, the Madness is one of my favorite times of year. And yeah, I'm not looking forward to them uh, increasing it to 90 teams, but much like the playoffs, how in college football they're going to go to 16 teams, it's a simple question. Can we make more money off of more teams? Yes, okay, then we're going to do it that way. So, yeah, sadly, it's the way of the world now, it seems. Um, yeah. Well, that's uh, I think that's about all I had. It's about eleven o'clock Eastern time over here. So yeah, unless you guys got more to get, more to go. No, I'm all good. Like I said, I'm just waiting for those checks to start coming in uh, from the agents. So I'll drop my uh, drop my cell phone, my email in the comments, and we'll see if uh, see if anybody starts reaching out. That's right. Elkhart <laughs> Betting is willing to pay uh, any quarterback, you know, six seven figures. So we'll get it. Get it going. All right. Well, that was episode 65. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you, Nate. And we will see you all next time. Peace.